Awesome. Well, glory to God. Amen. 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 Welcome to church. Glad everybody's here. Good to see your faces. Amen. Y'all excited to be here? I am. I'm excited to be here. All right. So, as usual, I have a lot to cover, and I do talk fast, so that's on my side. But I, uh, as prepping, when I was prepping for this, I had like three things come up. And I was like, Lord, you can't, we, we only have 45 minutes. We can't preach three messages. It's not how this works, you know. And of course, I'm joking. But um, so, anyways, I said, Well, Lord, what do you want to do? What do you, for the next couple of weeks, or if, if, it's, if this is what the Lord has us do, what, what do you want to accomplish in this little section of whatever you want to call it, of teachings that we're going to do? Because Avril's teaching next week. Um, and um, really, what's on Avril and I's heart is. The, the furtherance of, if you could say it that way, of what Pastor Susan's been preaching on. There's revival and things that she's been prophesying to us. And church growth is wonderful, but if, I guess you could almost say, if the heart of the church isn't right, I'm not saying it's not, but if the church heart is, meh, you know, and just hypothetically speaking, it can be really hard for revival to come. It can be really hard for God to do anything. Um, just getting off my notes for a second. I've been, you know, in Go, I was in Go Ministries uh, 2006 to 2010. Honestly, I've been to probably at least 300 churches in traveling with them, at least 300. I've been to a lot of youth groups. I've seen a lot of kids. And I've been in services where the kids are like, yes, let's do this. And then the other kids are like, you come any closer. I'm, you know. <laughs> so I've been in services where people's hearts are like, woohoo, this is great, I'm excited. And then you have... Some services where they're like, my mom made me come, you know, and you're like, oh, good. That's who I get to preach to? Yes. That's great. Now, Jesus loves you. I bet he does, you know, and you're like, this is great. <laughs> Let's flow with it, you know. So I'm not saying anybody here is like that. My point is, is I've been in services where things, the, the people are hungry for it, and you can see what God can do through that. I've been in services where people maybe just going through the motions, and they're not really hungry for it. But a lot of times, I'll be honest with you, a lot of Christians may not know they're not hungry for it. I was that way. When I, when I got saved in 2006, and it was probably like, sheesh, but well, I was probably already married. Yeah, it was 2000, like 2012 or so, something like that. I've been in ministry, and when I say ministry, I mean we traveled like 40 weeks out of the year. We were always gone in Go Ministries. We were never home. I was always in Canada. I was, you'd wake up in a different state every week or every day sometimes. It was a lot of travel. So you kind of get into the motion of things. Like, well, I always go to church. I always play guitar on stage. I always do this, and I always do that. And one eye-opener for me, I've said this before, was I was in a service with Avril before I was like really plugged in. <laughs> She's like, you going to raise your hands and worship? I hadn't raised my hands in worship in a long time because my hands always had a guitar in it. That was five, six years solid of always playing guitar. It wasn't like I didn't raise my hands in worship. It was just I wasn't out there. I was up here. And I was like, what do you mean I raised my hands? She goes, we're in the second and a half song, and you haven't even lifted your hands. Are you going to worship? And I went, oh, God. Do I even know how to worship without an instrument in my hands? And it was like, oh, oh no. What have I been doing with my time in church worship and things like that? So little things like that are going to be what this is full of. Little eye-openers, little things that we can adjust in ourselves. Because if God's going to come, well, I mean, He is, but I mean, but hypothetically saying, if He's going to come and do what He wants through this church, through this, I'm talking about the future of this church, a year from now. If He's going to do what He wants done, our hearts have to know 
what he's capable of. We have to understand the first chunk of this is understanding church. And we really do have to understand the function of this. Lots of people, and I'm very, I mean, it's, a, it's better than the opposite, but I'm even, I'm, there's a lot of religious people out there. Okay, well, at least they believe in Jesus, right? But it's better than the opposite, because I come from Minnesota, and there's not always Christians there. I'm just going to be light and say it that way. But it's better than the alternative. I love this culture. I love the people that are in this, um, in this town, in this culture, even if they go to another church. They love the Lord. That's great. But if Jesus is going to be able to accomplish what he wants done in this church, I mean, even me, I mean, even prepping for this, I really was like, okay, I've got to change some things in my heart about how I come to church, how I receive from church, and what I do with it. Because it's really easy. I mean, it's so easy, you'll start doing it and not even know you're doing it. You could be three months in and go, oh, jeez. I didn't know I was doing that, you know? And what it is is just getting comfortable. I mean, I know the blue chairs are kind of old, but they're really comfortable, and they get nice and warm in a cold room. And, oh, man, you know? I, I mean, you know, Brother Keith's church, they give out blankets to ladies that are, like, that are cold. I'm like, blankets? I'd be in the back row asleep. I, don't, I didn't know I fell asleep. I'm sorry, you know? But we can get comfortable in church and sometimes uh, slack off a little bit, if you want to put it that way, and not realize that we did it. But the downfall of that is if we get into that slump, we won't know we're in it unless we get out of it. So the first chunk is called understanding church. And I wrote down, to get the most out of church, we must understand exactly what the Lord has set up here. Anybody in here, you are all not just Christians, you are believers. Even the members of today that are traveling and doing whatever they're doing, they're part of this church family, they're believers. If I say, could you believe with me for my healing? Yeah, absolutely. They'd pray with me. No questions asked. They're a believer. They understand what the Word of God is, what it's capable of. We're believers. Amen? But to get the most, I wrote down to say, I said to get the most out of church because coming to church and being part of a family is a commitment. So we've all heard the term getting your pump primed before you come to church. You know, I mean, if you come in on two wheels, that's one thing. But, you know, unless you're in a motorcycle, that doesn't count. But uh, we can come in on one wheel, I guess. Hopefully it's the back one, not the... <laughs> I'm just, sorry, I'm having, I'm having fun already. Um, but one thing that I, I'll, I'll jump in. I don't want to read all this. I'll, I'll get to the scriptures and stuff. But one thing I had on my heart was, um, if you're a family, for example, it's really important to understand what you're bringing your family to. It's not just church. We don't just get up and go to church, and we're going to hear about Jesus today. I can turn Victory Channel on in my house at home and hear about Jesus. There's a difference in that and coming to church. Because there's an ordained order of, of things. And um, there's basically two positions in church. I know there's people that serve all over this ministry. And I should have done this to begin with. So let me, let me pause for a second. I do want to say thank you to everybody who serves in this church. Like I always do. You are the reason why the lights are on. Why the, the, it's nice and cold in here. I'm from the north. I like it cold. If it can get 64 in here, I'd be so happy. And you guys would be like, oh, oh no. But I'd be happy as a camper that's cold. If there is one. So thank you, even if what you do goes unseen. If you're in the nursery and you can hear my voice, thank you. They change poopy diapers and stuff like that during the service. We don't know that, but they do. So thank you. And some of them are my kids, so they're my diapers you're changing. And super kids, camera, the sound people are doing sound and camera today, and all the cool TV stuff they're doing and all that. Just thank you for doing what you're doing. Thank you for f furthering the vision of this ministry. We love you and we thank you. I'm supposed to do that first. I got excited. I apologize. So, if you want to write this down, there are basically two positions in church. And I promise, like I said last time, 
the last time I taught, we taught on, uh, it was called Time with the Counselor. And I had about 15 minutes of notes, and then we got into scriptures, and then I had 15 minutes more of notes or so, and then we were done. So there are scriptures coming, I promise. Just hang in there. So there are basically two positions in church, in any church. There should be, at least. The first one is the role of the shepherd, and what the shepherd is supposed to be. Um, and this isn't me teaching. This doesn't mean that they're not. This is just so we can get in our heads an understanding of, well, I go to church. Because I remember when I was a kid back in 2006, I think it was 19, um, I think it was like my fourth or fifth service at Living Word with Go. We always went to Living Word. The, well, it was, Go Ministries was their internship. And I remember walking out of the church. I was, uh, this, this Bible, actually. And I was walking out like this to our vehicle going like this. And I was like, I took notes today. Because I, I hadn't been reading the Bible but for seven months or something like that. I hadn't never read a Bible in my life, you know. I did, did what I wanted and suffered for it. But I remember having that revelation of, wow, I got something out of church today. I took notes. And I got home that night in my dorm or whatever, pulled my notebook out. and I, Not this one. But I opened it and I was like, wow, look at that. I took notes today. I got something out of church. I was like, I didn't know you could do that. And you might think, well, duh, it's what you do at church. But if we get super comfortable and things like that, you may go weeks and weeks and weeks and go, you know, I haven't been taking notes. I haven't really been plugged in that much. I don't even have any notes. What did Pastor, uh, whoever taught, or Pastor James or Susan, whoever taught, who, what did they teach on? Well, they taught on this, but I mean, but I didn't get really, you know. So essentially, what's the point of coming if you're not going to get anything out of it? Because it's, I look at this, I look at a word, uh, word of faith church as this well of knowledge and well of wisdom. It's just endless. It's just deep. And there's so much to obtain but nobody can do it but you. I feel like Smokey the Bear. Only you can take notes at church, you know? Like, you know. And it's the truth, though. But you can be here, and we can sing the same songs and all that, but the hungry people are the ones that take stuff home. Amen. And like she, Pastor Susan was just saying, if you're at work and... What are the words I want to use? If you're at work and you want what's in you to spill over onto someone else, well, you can't spill over if you're not full. And we can be full of Instagram and all the stuff on TV and all those things, but, you know, it's, it's very satisfying, and I don't want this to sound selfish, but it's very satisfying for yourself when you come to church and you go, I'm going to get something today, and I know it. There's a big difference in just coming and going, coming and going, and then maybe Sunday afternoon you go back at your notes and go, wow, I really got something today. You know, I remember that feeling because it was only 15 years ago or whatever it was, 20 years, whatever it was, 18 years ago, whatever. I can't do the math in my head. Um, but anyway, we'll get back to my notes. So the role of the shepherd is to pray and receive and hear from God what we as a congregation need to hear, receive, and work on. Now, you may think to yourself, that's great, but I hear from God for myself. Yes, that's absolutely true. But if you ever want a counselor in your life, not not... I'm not talking about Jesus, but if you want someone to help you out with stuff, the shepherd does that. They are literally anointed. I'm not talking about just them. Every church should be this way. The pastor is anointed by God to hear on your behalf with no emotional attachment. You could be sitting there going, okay, I got $1,000 in bills left. I have $1,003. What am I going to do? I can't live off of $3, and it's two weeks until my check. What am I supposed to do? Well, if you can do what the Word says and cast your care, I'll get into it in a minute, but understand how church works, you can come here with that question. You can come here with that wondering and go, I'm getting something out of church today. That doesn't mean they have anything in their notes about $1,003, but you're going to get your wisdom if you're hungry for it. 
If you're pulling up, pastor's going to step on the side and say, blah, 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 and you're going to go, woohoo, that was it, baby. And you're going to write it down, and you're going to go, great. And you go home, you execute the wisdom that you got, problem solved. That almost sounds easier said than done, but that's how church works. <laughs> it's when we get off on our own and start fluffing around and doing whatever we're doing on it, because we think it's the right thing to do, that life becomes very, very hard. You know, I mean, if you want to make it elementary, you could look at yourself as a physical sheep or a physical uh, part of a herd, that kind of thing. If that sheep will stay with the flock and just go where their shepherd takes them, life's easy. There's always water. There's always food. There's always shade if they need it. It's always there. But if they get off on their own and are walking towards a cliff, they're like, well, you know, I got, I'm hungry and I don't like that food anymore. I'm going to go over here and do all this stuff. Life's going to be tough. And you're going to fall off a cliff and you're going to be dead. Or you're going to fall not very far and get hurt and sit there and suffer until you die. <laughs> that doesn't sound like a good idea to me. So I'd rather stay with the flock and receive from my shepherd. Amen? And I, and I know you might think, that sounds like a lot of pressure on the shepherds for all the churches that are out there. It is. That's why we're supposed to cast our care. And that's also why we pray for our pastors. Because it is a lot of pressure in that sense to go, Lord, what do you want the flock to, to hear today? It's always flock, well, it's Jesus first, but it's always flock first. We don't just get up here and come up with a message that, I think they need to hear this, you know. No, we always get before the Lord. Father, what do you want the people to hear? What are they hungry for? What do they need, you know? And there's times where, um, a couple years ago, I remember Pastor James got up here, and I think he was like, well, forget these. We're not using those today. He had a message, and we didn't use it. He teached something else. He taught something else. Like I almost said teach, like Ezra. But, uh. He taught something else, and he grabbed his Bible, and he flowed with it, and it was everything I needed to hear that day. I was on camera that day. I think you were on vacation, and I was on camera, and it was everything I needed to hear. That's the role of a shepherd. That's what they do. So let's get into this real quick. I only have a little bit of time left. So the role of the shepherd, your pastors, is to pray and receive and hear from God what we need to hear, receive, and work on. Uh, this sounds really cheesy, but I said you could say your shepherd essentially packs your lunch for the week and you leave church with it. I mean, I mean you leave with a, a bag of whatever and you leave and then when you get home Monday morning, you open up your lunch and go, okay, I got this for Monday and I got this for this and that. And I need to walk in love. Pastor said, we need to work on doing this and I'm not very good at that, so that's there for me and all these things. And you start executing and doing these things and you start bettering yourself, you start bettering your life and then you'll find yourself at work going, I'm bringing three people to church today. Crazy! I didn't even. It wasn't even that hard. I actually didn't even invite them. They just like how I look and how I act, and people are drawn to that. You know, over the years, I've had a couple of people. I'd say at least five come to me and go, "You Christian? Yeah. How'd you know? I just, I can tell. Oh, is that good or bad? Are we talking like, you know, <laughs> what do you mean by that? You know? And they're like, No, it's a good thing. You just seem like you've got what you what you need, and I don't. You know, I've had at least people in my life say that to me before, and I was like, Well, hallelujah! I must be doing something right. Okay, shift gears. The role of the sheep. That's number two. Basically, two roles in, in church. The role of the shepherd. I already told you about that. Number two is the role of the sheep. The role of the sheep is to understand that their shepherd does hear from God on their behalf with no emotional attachment to their situation. And that is their God-given anointing to speak the, what the Holy Spirit is saying to us. It's, it's just an anointing. And now you might think, well, I can hear from God. Yeah, you do hear from God. But you could almost look at like your pastor. If you're hungry and pulling on the message and your pastor is allowed to flow like they need to, you could almost look at your pastors as like accountability. 
for your situation. You may be at home and say, all right, we've got this going on, and the Lord says, one, two, three, four, five. And you don't tell anybody about it. And you come to church, and you're pulling, and going, I'm getting my answer today. And you're like this, like, let's go. I'm ready to get my answer. I'm hungry for it. In the last three minutes of service, one, two, three, four, five. <laughs> Nailed it. And that brings you confidence because then you go, oh, I did hear from God. Yes, because everybody wants to hear from God. I think the number one thing I've heard all the years we've been doing the youth group in this church is every single teen says, how do you hear from God? I want to hear from God. And I've met too many adults that, that say the same thing. How long have you been a Christian? Like 16 years. You don't hear from God? You know, and no judgment there, but you know, that's what everybody wants. So if your pastor is flowing the way that they are, should be able to, and we're receiving like we, they, what we should be able to, and we're going to get into our hearts in just a minute. Um, if that's all working for you, you'll know you hear from God because your pastors will confirm it. Yes, you may say, well, I don't know. You may sit there and say, I feel like I'm supposed to move to this place, but I'm, I'm nervous about it. It's a really good opportunity. Maybe it's, with, it's a door that God's opening for me. There's a good church in the area, that kind of thing. And then pastor may, may get up here, and he'll just say it. Not even on his notes. And you go, oh, thank God for a, a pastor that hears from God. Amen. You got your answer. It's your confirmation. And it wasn't like you slipped a little note under his door like, hey, say this in service. You know, and like, you know, he'd make it up. No, it really happened. I feel like as Christians, we have to have that. Amen. Otherwise, you're just kind of like, well, I, I thought I heard from God. Did you get any accountability with it? Well, you know, so-and-so said this. Well, okay, that's great now, but did they hear on your behalf? Somebody could have a word for you, but it's nice to have a pastor. Amen? Amen. So, with all that being said, especially with our pastors, the Holy Spirit is going to say things to us every single service. If the doors are open, the lights are on, and we're having service, you have an opportunity to hear from God. Okay? A word from God where you can hear it yourself and put it in your notes, and the things that flow from the pulpit. Those are worth their weight in gold. And it makes life a lot easier when we flow and function that way, rather than trying to lean on head knowledge and trying to figure stuff out on our own. Amen? The Holy Spirit is going to say things to us every single service. Things we need to make our lives easier, faster, make things much, much less stressful. I called it the easy way out. It's a really easy flow when you get that system working for you and it's just flowing and you, know, you come to church on purpose. We've all heard that. But, and it's not just on purpose to get something. We've got to make sure our hearts are right so that we can receive something. Um, over the years you know, of Go Ministries and everything, I've met tons of people, even myself. I've been in places where I was too stressed out, I was too busy, and I would come church come and go, and I wasn't getting anything. And I'd be like, well, Lord, what's the deal? And I want to be weird and say I'm a good person, but I'm like, well, my heart's for you. I'm focused. What, what's, why am I not getting anything out of church? It's not like the, the pastor at the whoever, whatever church I was under at the time. It's not like the pastor just got on a, a really awful streak of preaching. I'm like, I'm sure it's me, not him, you know. <laughs> and, and sure enough, it's me. And the Lord would... Show me what to do, and sure enough, I go to church Sunday, and guess what he preached on? You know, stuff like that. It's nice to have that in your life. Amen? Amen. And I wrote down, but sometimes he was, this is really, really important, and we're going to shift gears here in just a minute, talking about our hearts and being ready for what God has ready for this church. Amen? Amen. So we've heard about the role of the shepherd. We've heard about the role of the sheep. We've heard about how the function and the, the system of church can make things a lot easier for you. And I'm talking fast. I apologize. Um, but sometimes... The Holy Spirit will speak those things in service to us. And there's two things here. The Holy Spirit will speak things to us, but we're somewhere else. And I mean two different somewhere else's here. You could be somewhere else as in like location, as in you didn't come. 
Now, that doesn't mean you can't get the service later and receive from it. If you've got stuff to do, you have things to do. But if your heart's right, you can get the service later and listen to it and still receive from it. The other heart attribute or other, other heart condition is, you just, nah, I don't want to go. That kind of thing. You don't, that doesn't, you don't need that in your heart. It doesn't do you any good. The other kind of heart, like I said, but that you could be somewhere else, is in your heart. You could be in service right now, and, and you're, you're, you're eating that chips and salsa. Oh, I hope it's so much spicy today. Sometimes the Las Reyes salsa is really soupy and not that spicy, but sometimes it's a little thicker, and they got the jalapeno chunks in it. It's so good. How much time we got left? Oh, only eight minutes, and we're going to get food. Yeah! And you're ready for my burrito supreme. I want a J, letter J with chicken on it, and I want extra sour cream. Bring it. I'm hungry. And you get there, and there's a 30-minute wait. Oh. I guess we'll wait, and you're outside like Sonic the Hedgehog tapping your foot going, come on, I want my food, and that's all in your head. You don't have to be like that, okay? If you're going to be here, be here. Receive it. Feed your spirit. And I almost want to say it this way. If you want your, today is technically the first day of the week. Technically it is. If you want the rest of the week to go really well, fill up. Do yourself a favor. I mean, fill up at home. Be a part of this system. If you've never been a part of it, start today. Amen. Amen. I'll be really honest with you. I am a, I won't say an extreme person because you've seen me karate kick and stuff like that up here. So you know I'm a little excited sometimes and you know all that funny stuff. But um, I'm an all or nothing personality. So look at hindsight, looking back, I'm like, man, Lord, you must have done some miraculous stuff because you must have really convinced me that Christianity was the way to go because... You better have all the fireworks and the bells and whistles because if I'm looking at it going, I don't think this is for me, I don't want nothing to do with it. And I was like that with Christianity for a long time. I was around, a, I, in school we had a bunch of, they were called Christians, whatever, you know, but they were, some of them were spooky and all that. They wouldn't wear shoes to school because they're holy or all this weird stuff, you know. And I was like, I don't want anything to do with all that stuff. I'm, just, I'm, I'm for real, I was real. And um, <laughs> I just wasn't impressed with it. But for me, when I learned that I could receive from this for myself, I could hear from God for myself. I heard Jesse Duplantis saying that last night. He was like, I didn't want to just be a Christian. He's like, I wanted to hear from God. If I want to be a Christian, I want to hear from God myself. Get out of the way. I want to hear from the Lord. And I was that way too. And I wanted, I was very happy when I found out like this system of church. I learned it in Go Ministries. I was like, oh, you have a Holy Ghost message before like, you prep for this? You don't just get up there and ramble? Because I didn't know. I, was like, Is it? I just thought I was hearing a speech. Oh, Awesome. Can we go eat? Like, <laughs> I didn't understand. I wasn't trying to be rude back then. Uh, I just didn't know. But when I started learning all the stuff that we just talked about, I went, oh, man, this is like a life source. It really is. But I, like I wrote down, you can, it, but the Holy Spirit can be speaking those things to us in service. But we can honestly sometimes be somewhere else in our heart and physical location. You can be here and be daydreaming about chips and salsa, waiting to get out of here. When is this thing? Get out of here. Or you can be somewhere else. But like I said, if you're going to be here, be here. I mean, I'm just being honest. There's no point in being here and not getting anything. And I'm not saying, oh, I'm not getting anything, so stay home. You know, <laughs> don't do that. Get your heart right and come back and receive. My, Jeremiah said to stay home. <laughs> no, no, no. No, come to church, you know, and get, get your things right. And, and for me, honestly, it was just a really big adventure, a long journey. Um, I, went, I attended church for a long time at Living Word with Go before I even started giving. I didn't give just because I should. I started giving once I started understanding. I was like, oh, you mean this and this works if I do this? Oh, okay, cool. By then I trusted my pastor. I knew they were hearing from God. 
So I started, I jumped in and started doing it. And man, it was awesome. It started working. But my heart was right. I'm not perfect, but my heart was right. My heart was in it. I wasn't just, here's 20 bucks, whatever. Get you off my back. It wasn't like that. I was involved. I was plugged in. And honestly, I'll be honest with you, all that stuff set me up to move here. Because I had words from the Lord to do what I needed to do and where I was supposed to go. I had some stuff on my heart. My parents weren't thrilled about me moving so far away, but they supported me. And I knew I had it on my heart. And honestly, all that stuff, even, even that whole system, I was doing it in Minnesota with Pastor Mac and Lynn Hammond and all that stuff. I would be hungry for the word, pulling on the message. And they, all the time, they, I mean, I'm not saying they did it because of me. Everybody in there is pulling like everybody should be. But because I was pulling, I got the words from the Lord that I needed. So when I knew I was leaving Go Ministries, I was like, well, where am I supposed to go? I don't want to go home and just sit. I need to go do something. I've been trained for four years on how to do church. Let's, let's do this. Where am I supposed to go? And Averill uh, uh, flew in beautifully into the room, and I went, oh, my goodness gracious, who is that? Woo! Goodness gracious, she's beautiful. And I was like, that's your wife. I was like, oh, I'll say it again. You know? <laughs> Woo! So I didn't talk to her. I didn't make any moves or nothing. I wanted to finish out the year. Nothing. That's what happened. It's a true story. And then she tried talking to me, Mr. Jeremiah, because I was the, almost the dean. I was the dean's assistant at the college or whatever. And, and she talked to me, and I'd be like, hi. You know, I'm supposed to finish up my year. I've got I to gotta accomplish this season. Before, otherwise, I'm going to get distracted, and it's just gonna be, you're going to be the center of my world. I can't do that yet. So, but anyways... But I really believe with all my heart, all that system that I used there was what I just shared with you, set me up for the next season, and that was here. Otherwise, honestly, if I was just going to church with Go, there's 55 of us. You're going to go and be excited because everybody else is going. But if I'm not taking what I'm learning to heart, I'm going to get my my fourth diploma or whatever for the year. I'm done. I'm going to go home. Eh, I guess I'll go fix cars or something. Did God tell you to do that? No, but, you know, whatever. Makes good money. Well, you got to enjoy life. <laughs> you have to do things you like in life, not just, not just make money. But that whole, that whole season, if you want to put it that way, set me up for this, and it can be the exact same thing for you. Amen? Amen? So, I, well, I'm going to move on to these scriptures. I've been talking 20 minutes, and I've got to share some scriptures with you all. So I wrote down, it is, impo- it is, it is possible, unfortunately, for two people... To be, in this, to be listening to the same thing, and one person hears it, and the other person doesn't. You can be, one of the examples was, uh, well, I'm partially colorblind, so this is, I heard this example the other day, and I laughed, but do you guys remember those posters from the 90s? I don't know what we were dealing with. I don't know what, I can't, ex- I don't know. The 90s were just the 90s. Those posters with all the, the, the chaotic colors and all the stuff, and if you stared at it and crossed your eyes, an image would show up? I'm like, why not just have a picture of a spaceship on the wall? Why do I got to sit there and, and do like this and try to make it work? But all the time, I was sitting there, I was colorblind. They, those don't work for people that are colorblind. But I didn't know I was colorblind. Because you have to have all the colors in there have to work to trigger your eye to see it. I've only seen like two colors out of seven. So I'd sit there for ten minutes. Come on, baby, we can do this. Oh, I think I saw something. I think I, my, I, my dad had one in the shop office. I'm like, oh, I think it's a wheel. And, my, and somebody walks by, I'm like, oh, cool, an elephant. And I'm like... What? That's a wheel. Ah, an elephant? Where? You know, it is possible for people to be in the same room, hearing the same thing, singing the same worship songs, hearing the same blessed message and the same scriptures. And one person walk out like, yes, I got what I needed. 
And the other person walk out going, it's the person next to you. You got some of their hair on your arm or drool or from sleeping or something. And you were right there next to each other. And, and they're going, sheesh, Pat, they lost their touch. I didn't get nothing. And then the other person's like, well, it was a great service. And they're like, what? What do you mean great service? Well, yeah, look at all these. And I got seven pages of notes. Seven? All I did was date my notes. I didn't get anything. <laughs> what? I think I even spelled his name wrong. And then I fell asleep, you know, with the scribble and stuff. You know, that's possible. I wish it wasn't, but it is. And I've done both, unfortunately. But my point is, is we can walk into the same service, sing the same songs, listen to the same scriptures, and one person walk out changed, and the other one walk out bored. How does that happen? How does one person encounter power and the other person not? That doesn't make any sense. If Jesus is powerful, he should just infect both people, right? Or affect both people. That's not how it works. God wants to be invited. And if you're hungry, you're inviting that. Give me the wisdom I need. Give me the knowledge I need. And that's what our pastors are anointed to do. Every pastor is anointed to do that. Amen? Amen. We're finally to the scriptures. Forgive me. I ramble a lot. Matthew 13, 14. And this is in the New King James. Oh, sweet. That's beautiful. Good job, y'all. I appreciate y'all. Uh, and in them, the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled. This is talking about people's hearts, okay? And hearing, hearing, the, words of, hearing the word of God. Um, hearing you will hear, and you shall not understand. Seeing you will see, and not perceive. For the hearts, it's a heart issue, right? For the hearts of this people have grown dull. This is, I, 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 wish, I haven't read this in a long time in this translation. I always read it in the message, uh, in a NLT and Passion. But it says, for the hearts of this people have grown dull. Their ears are hard of hearing, and their eyes, they have closed. Wow. Nobody reached up and closed their eyes. They closed their eyes. Amen? Wow. Lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears, lest they should understand with their hearts and turn, so I should heal them. So my note to that is, understanding God and the Word is not done with the natural mind. You can put in big old parentheses, that is the reason why people don't have interest in the Bible. Politicians or whoever, they'll, make, they'll, they'll do a Bible flop. And, all right, I'm dealing with this, I've got to work on budget, and they're sitting there going like this, and they're going, okay, I've got to, um, I got to, and I'm dealing with depression, and I'm in politics. Uh, and here, here we go. And do not be afraid of those who kill the body and cannot kill the soul, but rather, what? And then they'll go, do it again, do it again, do it again. And they're like, this is nothing. I've read the Bible. You know, people say that all the time. You don't understand it with your, eye, with your natural mind. It's not a natural, I mean, it is a physical book. But it's not about that. It's not a natural book. It's not a natural thing. You, it's not a math equation. And I've done both sides of it. I've read the Bible years ago. And I was like, this is a bunch of garbage. I was like, why do people do this? I don't understand it. My heart was corrupt. My heart was wrong. But once I got my heart right, I go read the exact same scripture, and I'm like, wow, that helped me so much. <laughs> it's all about your heart. Not me to tell myself so much, but it's the truth. I wrote down, we understand and comprehend the word with our hearts. And it, and it says right here, we should understand lest they understand with their hearts and turn so that I should heal them. I wrote down, we, should, we understand and comprehend the word with our hearts. And it says we need to because our healing depends on it. That scripture told us right there, if our hearts are wrong, I'm sorry, I don't care how many scriptures... It's like the light switch almost. You can be confessing scriptures all day long, but if we got stuff in us and that's preventing us from having good hearts and things like that, stuff ain't going to work for you. Right. And honestly, you could, if you ever met anybody that says, I've tried the healing stuff, it didn't work for me. 
well, now we know why. It's a heart issue. Nothing's wrong with the word. Nothing's wrong with your pastor, whatever church they go to or whatever. Nothing's wrong with the message. I'm not trying to point the finger and say, it's you. <laughs> it's not like that, but it's our hearts. It's a heart issue. It said, for the hearts, the people grew dull and couldn't understand. Amen? And we don't want to live like that. Amen? I wrote down, it takes place in the heart first. For me, and when I got saved, my heart changed, and that was when Scripture opened up to me. And rather than hearing some person up there ramble up for a long time about all this stuff, I started actually hearing sermons. And that's when I started taking notes, going, wow, what is all this stuff? You guys been doing this all along? And they're like, we've been doing this for three months. You're just now catching up? Well, apparently, at least I caught up now. I'm at the back of the line, but <laughs> at least I, I caught up, you know? Yes. Amen. Amen? So like I said... Um, how does one person encounter power and the other person not? They saw the same thing and they heard the same thing in church. Yes and no. If you want to change it up, you could say one person saw Jesus in service. Not physically, but hearing the message, hearing the anointed word, and all those things, and the things that we can receive and we can take home. One person saw Jesus and all the other one saw was a ticking clock. When are we getting out of here? Yeah. Amen. Like I said, why be here? Amen. If we're going to be here, be here. Be involved. Yes, amen. Receive. One person heard revelation. The other heard the repeating of some old scriptures. It's all about your heart. And the only reason I'm saying all this now is because in months and months and months down the road, and we start noticing with our own physical eyes, wow, this church is really starting to fill up. We may actually have to buy new chairs to get people in here. You know, I'm not speaking that by faith. I'm just saying we're going to see that. And when that happens, we're going to start going, well... The only way, reason way we got here is because we were ready to receive from service. Amen. You know, I'm not trying to be rude. Jesus could physically show up, like Brother Hagen at the foot of his bed kind of thing. Jesus could show up and preach a message because it happened in the Bible all the time. Jesus would preach to people, and, so, and everybody heard him, but few heard him. This is Jesus physically. Physically, not like a ghost or whatever, like physically, like cut his hand, he'd bleed. A real person, Jesus in front of him. And some people heard it, and some people didn't. And I know we look back at that and go, what? You guys are crazy. What do you mean? You? But we've got 2,000 years of revelation and all that stuff. They didn't have that yet. But the ones that did hear him had the right heart. Their hearts were softened. They were soft ground, soft soil. They were not hardened hearts. You know, if the seed gets scattered, it wasn't just, and it fell to the floor, you know, feeding the birds, that kind of thing. Um, anyways, like I said, it's about the condition of the heart. There's more scriptures coming, I promise you. It's about the condition of the heart. And this, that is, sincerely, the difference between getting what you need in church, getting what you came for, and leaving bored. The condition of the heart. Because if you want to, I mean, this is just me with my notes, but if you want to look at the role of a pastor, the only thing they do is pray, hear from God, write it down, and preach it. That's it. The rest is up to us. They can sit there and scatter seed, all the things that we need. But if, if it's just going to hit us in the forehead and fall to the floor, they can't jump over and pick that back up and shove it down your mouth. I'm like, you eat this now. Jump on our jaws to get, you eat this. It's good for you. Like, you're not two. We're not forcing my kids to take medicine, that kind of thing. I don't do that to my kids, but I'm just saying, you don't, you don't force your kids to eat medicine. They can't do that. All they can do is basically preach in faith and hope that you guys, hope that we, not me, we, us, hope that we get it. Amen? Amen. 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 This is a hard one to write down, but it's good. It is possible to sit right in the middle of a church service or even right in the middle of a revival and miss it. We had a revival? When? It's all about the heart. 
And a really good example I have, and I was like, Lord, I need some examples for this stuff, not just talking bad about me and me getting saved. I need some examples. In Go Ministries, in I think it was my second year, so like 2007, 2008, Go brought back this program. Um, what do they call it? They had, it wasn't Go Ministries Internship or International. It was part of the ministry, but they had some like four staff members that took on a new branch of ministry. And it was, we called them interns. They're interns, but they were like recovering interns. These are like kids that would come that were under 18, basically. Some of them were over, but most of them were like in court system, and the court wants to send them to juvie. And the parents are like, oh, please, is there any other option? We'll go put it out there, their information out there. Like, hey, if you ever want to send someone that's going to juvie, you can send them to us. Instead, and it's a word of faith environment, they're actually going to get set free, and they're going to come out of there not angry. I think we had like a 98% success rate kind of thing. Or whatever it was, it was really high. It wasn't maybe not 98, but it was really, really high. And um, and they were all they were taught the word of God basically constantly. Anytime the the, the interns were uh, in in service or class or serving, they were doing the same thing. And they were like, "Wow, this is a way better way to live than the way I've been living." Not just being told, but they saw it. So what I'm getting at is, you could always tell we had new in new interns. Um, one example in particular was at Living Word where I was at church. I didn't even, I don't even think I knew Avril yet. Um, Pastor Lynn Hammond, uh, she had like a, like a Holy Ghost service or whatever. And everybody was going up front getting hands laid on and all that kind of stuff. And uh, people were getting set free. People were getting healed. The Spirit of God's moving. I recall there was like, Oh, it's not so bad of me to say this, but there was like even gold dust in, up in the people's hands. And, we, and some of the interns were like, what is this shiny stuff on my hands? There was gold dust in the room and things like that. And the, the interns, they were mad as a wet hornet. They were mad. Get me out of here. I don't want to be a part of this. I want out of here. And they're like, and, and I'm just sitting there like, do you not see what's going on? Are you crazy? I didn't say that to them. I'm like, these... That person dropped their cane. They don't need it anymore. This person doesn't have back pain anymore. And they're sitting there, you know, eventually they got set free. But my point is, is they were sitting there right in the middle of a Holy Ghost service and missed it. I can even bring it up now to them. If they were around, they may go, I have no idea what you're talking about. I remember that service. Well, of course, it wasn't memorable. Your heart wasn't in it. You were like, get me out of here. I just want to go home. And they can't because the court ordered them to be there. (laughs) That's the truth. If they tried to leave, the cops would show up, bring them back to the, the campus, and they'd go back to their room. It's just, that was what we had set up with the city. So there was no way out. You finished your course, or you're going to juvie. I want to go to juvie. Well, then you're staying here. My point is, is they were in the middle of a really powerful service, and they missed it. They missed it. They could have gone up front and had hands laid on them, or whatever was on their heart, and got set free, and, and but they missed it. Now, I'm not talking bad about them. They were... If I was a baby Christian, they were just like right here. They were just below. Just, I was just a little bit above them, so I had a little more experience. I knew to pay attention. But um, my point is, is there was a really awesome anointed Holy Ghost service going on, and they essentially missed it because their hearts were wrong. Their hearts, weren't, their hearts were hardened. Amen? They were lumps on a log, if you want to call it that. Um, so like I said a minute ago, I'm going to get into some scriptures now. We've got to wrap this up. I've only got about 20 minutes left. Um, so like I said earlier, the Holy Spirit is going to say things to us every single service. Um, it's up to us to not miss it. Um, those are things that are vital to us, especially if they're coming from our shepherd. Amen? If your shepherd's up here and they're preaching, and you're their flock, it's 
really important that we pay attention, have something. I don't care if it's a phone. I don't care if it's your neighbor's phone. I don't care. Take notes. Write stuff down. Walk away with it because it's what God had intended for you, that service. We can't have a revival without that. It ain't possible. It's not. Because you can be hungry. for. You can think you're... I'll be me. I can think I'm hungry for God. I've got, I'm all on staff and all these things, and I don't receive anything from service. Uh-uh. It's not going to work. God can't move me forward. I can try to move me forward and stumble and fail, and it really stinks, and I've done it. Or if I get my heart right and flow with it, God can move us around. He can get us things. He can get you the stuff you're believing God for. It's all about being an open vessel. I'm talking about our hearts. Amen? I wrote down the number one reason why we should take notes in service is because it's proof that you heard and received something. If I said something and you went, oh, wow, and the Lord spoke something to you and you wrote it down, that's you getting a word from God. And then you're also hearing the word of God. There's two things going on in service. Amen? Amen. Now, we're going to move on because I've got a boogie. So the second part is called guard your heart. This whole thing's called, it's a, it's a heart. What is it called? <laughs> it's about your heart. That's the name of the sermon. But this is part two, and it's called guarding your heart. Amen? Amen. Everybody say, my heart, my heart is worth guarding. My heart, my heart is worth protecting. Worth protecting. Amen. Amen? Write down Proverbs 4.23. They're so awesome. They'll have it on the screen for you, I'm sure. Um, this is the NLT version. If you don't, it's okay. Oh, God. If you don't, it's okay. <laughs> Proverbs 4.23, it says, Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. In the Passion Translation, it says, So above all, same scripture, different translation. So above all, guard the affections of your heart, for they affect all that you are. Pay attention to the welfare of your innermost being, for from there flows the wellspring of life. Um, amen. Now the new. This is that was verse twenty three. Verse twenty one in the uh, in the New King James says, "Do not." It's talking about his words. Okay. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. I want to slow this down. If you notice, we're talking about guarding our hearts. Okay. If you notice, it says, "Keep them in the midst of your heart." I saw this last night. It doesn't just say keep his words. Keep them in the midst of your heart. It says keep them in. Like a shield, a guard. Keep it in. Don't let the devil steal it from you. What steals it from you? Offense. All kinds of junk that happens in churches. Guard it. If you've got the word of God in your heart, keep it in. It says right there, keep them in. Keep them in. And that's what guards do. Amen? In the Passion Translation for verse 21, it says, Fill your thoughts with my words until they penetrate deep into your spirit. Then, this is, this is cool. Then as you unwrap my words, they will impart true life and radiant health into the very core of your being. Amen? Amen? So right there, if you needed this, here it is. That shows us what scriptures are capable of doing in our lives. If you ever wondered, why is it so important that I have so much scripture in my life? Why can't my kids say scared to death? Why can't my kids say scared? Why can't I do this and this? Why do we do scriptures all the time? Because as you unwrap his words... They will impart true life and radiant health into the very core of your being. That's what scriptures are able to do for us. Amen? Amen? I wrote down, your hearts determine the course of your life and what your life becomes. Amen? And I look back on that. Even last night when I was finishing up notes, I was like, man, I really hope. I thought, Thank you, Lord, that be merciful with me. Because I look at that. And it doesn't mean that I'm perfect or anybody's perfect. But 
how much time have I wasted? If my heart was wrong, did I waste four months? I don't want to waste any time. Four months is a long time for me to have some in my heart. I didn't know it was there, and I finally get it out, you know? It's, let's be focused on that. And I wrote down this, too, speaking of guarding your heart. What does a guard do, okay? A guard, the definition for guard is stay close to in order to prevent a good shot, pass, or drive, or to protect from damage or harm. Okay, that's what a guard does. Amen? Proverbs 4, which we just read a second ago, it says, Do not let them, his words, do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. Keep them in your heart. Don't let them, the, devil, the word says the devil will come and steal the word from you. Don't let that happen. Keep the words in. Amen? And I wrote this down, and i got to wrap this up in a minute here. A guard, in general, a person, a guard is stationed to keep things out and to keep things in. That's what a guard does. If you're stationed in a prison or whatever, you're, wherever, if you're a guard, your job is to keep things in and keep things out. Amen? A guard, for example, will keep people out of Fort Knox, okay? And will guard the important things there, Right? They keep the gold in and all the stuff in, and they keep us out. <laughs> That's why if you go there and try to get some gold, I don't know if you know this, but they will literally give you a complimentary pair of handcuffs and a free car ride if you go in and approach those guards. They, and it look dangerous. And I want some gold. They'll give you a free pair of handcuffs and a free car ride in case you're ever interested. No, don't do that. My point is, is that's why if you try to, physically speaking, if you go to a bank, a treasury, or whatever, and you try to get in without authorization, they're going to cuff you and take you out. Why? They're keeping the stuff in, and they're keeping the stuff out, the bad stuff out. That's what a guard does. We do the exact same thing with the Word of God, and we do the exact same thing with our hearts. Well, at least what we're supposed to be doing, amen? That's what we do. We don't let offense in. Why? Because we guard our hearts. We keep the Word. The Word of God is in here. The wellspring of life is in here. The flow of my life is in here. How I receive from service in church and how the Lord's able to work and do things in my life is in here. So I keep the word in. I keep putting word in. keep putting word in, but I keep it in there. I also keep other stuff out. Amen? Amen? For, and like I just said about Fort Knox and all that stuff, why would they cuff you and throw you in jail? Because they're guarding it. Of course, it's the law. But they're guarding it. You know, if the guards do their job, they're going to guard the stuff and they're going to keep us out. They're doing their job. They're guarding it. Amen? Um, we're actually almost done. Um, anyways, speaking of guarding, when God speaks to you, He speaks to you in your heart. He speaks to you in your spirit, but they kind of coincide. They're kind of the same thing. When God speaks to you, it's with your heart. Your fellowship with God, personally, at home, when you hear from God for yourself at home, it's done through your heart. And I've had times in my life where... I've been upset about something or whatever, and, and if offense tries to creep in and things, it is difficult to hear from God. Woo! God, it can be shouting, shaking your house, and you're like, what was that? I didn't hear nothing, you know? You know? You can't hear from God if our hearts are all messed up in that sense, and we can't have revival, we can't do church. It's, the whole system for you personally is off. Amen? Amen? I wrote this down. Your intimacy with Jesus... Is your intimacy with Jesus is your path to the good life. Your intimacy with Jesus is your path to wisdom. Your intimacy with him is your path to peace. It's your path to freedom. But wait, there's more. It's your path to pe uh, patience and favor. Amen? Amen? 
All those things in life that we look for comes from intimacy with Him. Because really, it's either we do it ourselves or we're going to let God do it for us. And one of them is a hard life, and I've done it, and the other one's not. The other one's a nice, easy life. His yoke is light. His burden is light. Amen? Amen? And I wrote down, and your intimacy with Jesus comes from your heart. Your hearing from God comes from and takes place in your heart. So that means if we're keeping the bad stuff out and we're guarding our hearts, we're guarding, keeping that word in us, the more heart, well, because we feed ourselves spiritually, the more pure we become, the more pure our intimacy comes with him. The pure of the heart, the pure of the intimacy. The pure of the heart, the pure of the intimacy. If you've ever wondered how some people can seem to hear from God on the drop of a dime, and you may go, well, I, I kind of have to get alone and close the closet door and like get quiet and all these things. How come it takes so much work for me to hear from God? And so-and-so has been a Christian for so long, and they hear from God like that, you know? Well, the pure of the heart, the pure of the intimacy. The pure of the heart, the pure of the intimacy. Or you could say the pure of the heart, the deeper the relationship you'll have with the Lord. Amen? Amen. And I'm going to stop myself for a second. I've got a couple of scriptures, and we're going to wrap this up. So the whole reason, man, I shared with you the church structure, and they hear from God, and we're supposed to receive it, and all those things. But the whole reason I had it on my heart to do this, and it actually lines up with April's notes for next week, at least what she has so far, the whole reason I wanted to share this is because what's going to happen is we're going to get done, we're going to leave, a week or two is going to go by, even if a month or two goes by, and we start seeing this revival start taking place as our hearts get better and better and better and better. What's going to happen is our pastors are going to get up here, and they're going to start taking steps forward in what God has for us. They're going to say things. They're going to do things, and we're going to, they're going to have us do things. We have to be sensitive enough to that to go, oh, they heard from God. I got to do that. You know, it could be, I'm not telling you they're going to tell you to stand on your head, but if they did, you'd go, okay, Lord said to. So, <laughs> you know, they're going to start leading us forward as a ministry. And if we don't understand fully, hey, well, when I say understand fully, I mean like on the way to church, like, okay, we're going there. They've already, I know they've been praying all week. They've got a message for me. I'm going to receive it. And if you have that mentality, that attitude, and your heart's there, You'll you'll be you'll be running through you'll be you'll have auto uh, uh, Amazon auto ship your notebooks or whatever you're gonna do on your phone you're gonna be like woo I am going through this stuff fast because you're gonna be taking so many notes and you're gonna be receiving so many different things and you know that's the kind of heart that's gonna take to to get this place packed and full and honestly one of the biggest things that's gonna make this church grow is when we accidentally bump into somebody and we spill over on somebody it is. It's seriously, I mean, like I said earlier, through Go Ministries, meeting kids all over the country and Canada, and meeting a lot of interns and stuff. Honestly, the only thing that convinced them otherwise—I mean, there was one kid. What was his name? It was Tyler. That was his name. He came and he did not want to be there. Um, if I remember right, the cops were like, and they drug him in and set him down. He was high on acid. His eyes were going like this, and he was like this, and you couldn't have a conversation with him, but he was like cognitive enough to fight us and all that. He was a really rough character. Really cool kid. He actually turned out really awesome once he got free from all that. But what convinced him was it being real for us. It wasn't, well, we do this every day. We're interns. We just, we just, we're part of the church. We, we, we clean all the, we do everything. You know, it wasn't that. It was the fact that, yeah, we were interns, and yeah, we're part of a church and do all these things, but all of this stuff that I've covered was real to us. So when I sat down with Tyler and would talk to him, he was like, you really believe all this stuff? I was like, yeah, I do. Yeah, it's real to me. I, I know the presence of God for myself. I know the voice of God for myself. And it's stuff like that that can win almost the, the, the hardest characters, if you want to call them that. 
That's the kind of thing, like if somebody had a, if you want to call it a, <laughs> if you want to say they had a heart of ice or heart of stone or whatever, it, this whole relationship with the Lord, it being real for you and it being the way you live, that's the thing that melts their hearts. Religion won't do it. You could drag them in here with a chain and here, come sit in service. They're not going to get anything. You almost have to convince them. And what does convince them? The goodness of God in your life. You mean you can receive from church anytime you walk in? Yeah. Wow, really? Your pastors seriously do that? Yes. Yes. Well, I'm not really a fan of religious people and stuff. Good. Come. We don't have any religious church people here. We're on here for the word. Oh, wow. Great. And I hate to say, but a high percentage of people that won't come to church is because they've been hurt by church. But if they learn there's a different way, and they learn that by us spilling over on them, well, yeah, you love people. Amen? That's how a lot of people will come in here. I promise you that. That's how a lot of people will start coming to this church is when they start learning a different way. They see something different. Amen? 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 All right. We've got 10 minutes. I've got to wrap this up. Okay. So um, we'll go to Mark 4, 16 in the message. This is, talking again, talking about their hearts. And some are like the seed that, talking about their hearts, and some are like the seed that lands in the gravel. When they first hear the word, they respond with great enthusiasm. Yes, amen, preach it, pastor, that kind of thing. But there is such shallow soil of character that when the emotions wear off, or you could say when Tuesday shows up and some difficulty arrives, there's nothing to show for it. I wrote down, that's no way to live. Not when we're being taught otherwise, amen? That's not fair to you. That's not fair to your kids. And not when there's answers and wisdom and knowledge coming from the pulpit every single week. I'm just saying, if you heard that and thought, oh, man, is that me? Or if you know someone that you go, oh, yeah, that's, maybe that's for them. Well, write that down. But keep that in mind. That's no way to live. And all we have to do is change, fix our hearts. Amen? Now, I want to emphasize a few things, and then we'll wrap this up. So, um, Matthew, uh, excuse me, Mark 4. Did I say Matthew? I meant 4. Mark, if I said. Okay, good. Mark 4.16, that's what that was. This is Mark 4.20. But the seed planted in the good earth represents those who hear the word, embrace it, and produce a harvest beyond their wildest dreams. Now, if you slow this down and really emphasize the words and put focus on the right areas, you'll see that it says planted. Well, just being honest, if I go out to my property and I've got hard ground and grass, planting a field isn't me taking a bunch of seeds and just throwing them in the yard. Yeah, I planted some corn. <laughs> That's not planting. It's got to go in the soil. It has to, or I'm just going to throw it to the birds, and I'm going to have a lot of birds, and they're going to love me. I'm going to be the bird guy, like in, instead of the bird lady, that kind of thing, Mary Poppins, and whatever. Maybe the bird guy, you know? I'm going to be throwing seed out there for the birds to eat. Just because I threw seed on the ground doesn't mean it was planted. I'm going to scattered seed, but that doesn't mean it went in the ground. So if you slow this down and look, it says, but the seed planted means it went in the ground. The seed planted in the good earth represents those who hear the word. So if our hearts are right and the seed of the word can be planted in us, we can hear the word for what it is. Like I said earlier, you know, one person could hear the word and the one other person not. And you think, well, they, we heard the same, we were there for the same 45 minutes. How did you not hear that? Were you asleep? No, I just, no, I didn't hear it. You know, I've done that. I've had people, um, I'd be, when I was in my rougher stages and go, I remember I was taking notes, and I, I would, they would say a bunch of stuff. I went over like this. If I'm looking like in school. Cheat, I'm not saying you should cheat in school, but I would cheat in school and look over the person next to you. I'd look at their notes to see what they had, cause, and I'd be like, what, when, when did he say that? That's the last note they wrote. When did, he, when did he say that? And I'm like, oh, apparently I'm not paying attention. So that kind of thing. One person can hear it, and one person cannot. 
But if our hearts are soft, good soil, if you want to call it that, when they get up here and they instruct us to do things, it can get down in our hearts rather than hit us in the forehead and fall to the ground. Amen? Yeah. Amen? Yeah. Say, by His grace, by grace. I, am good soil. I am good soil. Amen? Amen. All right. I'm getting closer, I promise. Like I said earlier, during Jesus' ministry, many people had Jesus physically in front of them, and they heard him, but few heard him. That makes sense? Yeah. If you emphasize it right. Many people heard Everybody heard Everybody. There was 2,000 people there. Great. Everybody heard him, but few heard it. Some people walked away going, wow, that's amazing. And some of them were like, I know his sisters and brothers. This guy's nuts. They heard the same thing, but some of them heard him, and some of them heard him. Amen? Amen? I wrote down, they heard the word, they received it, and something happened, and they did something with it. Planted. Every week, you have the opportunity to have the word planted in your heart. It's here every week. Rain or, rain or shine, or sometimes even snow, you know? <laughs> it's here. The word is always being taught here, and we have the ability to have the word planted in our hearts every week. But if our hearts are not able to receive, we'll kind of get nothing. If you're going to be here, be here. Amen. Amen. Um, if you want to go up to Mark 4.20, it says, They heard the word and they embraced it. The definition for the word embrace is an act of holding someone closely. You embrace the word. And I'm telling you, I, I'm definitely guilty of being way too stubborn. I'm better now. Way too stubborn. <laughs> Way too hard-headed and way too hot-headed. Uh, I bless you all if you dealt with me back when I first came to church. I first came here. I wasn't who I am now. I will be honest with you. Um, if I felt something should be said, I told you. And that doesn't mean it was the right thing to say. But I've learned over the years, you can't do that. You know? And as I've learned to embrace the word for myself, it's been able to change me. And I have become... Somebody else, and I'm very thankful for that. We're all a work in progress, and my dad always says, oh, we're always a work in progress. Everybody's got something they're working on, and that's the truth. But if the Lord's going to do what he wants to do in this church, I'm talking about his view, looking at the whole hindsight of Jasper Christian Center and what he wants to accomplish in this ministry, we've got to be able to receive from every single service, fill ourselves up every single service, and that will start impacting the people that are around us. But I've done it. I've had the hard heart. I've been... The trying to serve at church and I'm and I'm not and I'm not there and I'm not receiving from it and I can't do it. You walk through Walmart in and out. Oh, I never talk to anybody. Nobody ever asked me anything. I don't think they want to talk to me. You know, if I'm going to be like that and be all hard-hearted, well, they said this and that, you know, whatever. That's no way to live. Don't do that. Guard your heart. Keep the word in and keep that stuff out. You know, if there's a situation arising in front of you and someone's causing causing a problem or whatever, take a deep breath and deal with it. Handle it. But don't take offense to it. Don't let that stuff in. There's no sense in that. It's not good for your health. It's not good for you, your family, your kids. No. Nothing. Keep the word in. Keep the word in. And keep that stuff out. Amen? We're almost done. i got one little paragraph left and we will wrap up on time. Oh, this is, I like this. This is one last note about coming to church and then i got a scripture. We're going to wrap this up. So, as a whole, when you don't know what to do, and maybe the pressure in life seems too heavy about a certain situation and things like that, it, if you're in that situation, it can be really hard to hear from the Lord. But it's really nice to have a Holy Ghost pastor. <laughs> Amen? Here on your behalf. 
So when you, if you're in this situation, or if you hear this later in three years from now in the recording or whatever, if you don't know what to do, and maybe the pressure seems too heavy to hear from the Lord in that area, that is where your shepherd can step in. You can come to church essentially with that problem, with that wondering, with that question on your shoulders, and if you understand how church works and make a pull on that message, you will get your answer every time. That's the role of a pastor. That's the role of, a, of what a church should be. People should walk in with questions, and if their hearts are right and they can receive from service, you can walk out with your answers. You should not walk in here and leave the same. That is, uh, pastor Stephen Go used to say it all the time. If you come to church and leave the same, you're doing church wrong. He used to say that all the time. If you're walking into church and walking out the same, you are doing church wrong. And I like that because a lot of times people think, well, that church didn't do this right, and that pastor didn't do... No offense, but it's always me. It's always us. You know? <laughs> you know what I mean? If there's physically a problem going on, then maybe you should look for a different church. But 99.99999% of the time, it's our hearts. Amen? Amen? Jeremiah 3.15 in the Amplified Classic says, I will give you spiritual shepherds after my own heart in the final time who will feed you with knowledge and understanding. And it even says judgment, which means correction. If you have something going on in your life and you're willing to pull on the message, but you don't know something's wrong, this is why it says guard your heart. If they say one, two, three, four, five, and you go, oh, oh, I do that every day. I don't know. Don't get offended. Guard your heart and do what the correction was, and it'll better your life. And as we keep doing that and doing that and doing that, they're going to get up here and they're going to lead us and lead us and lead us into the future of this church. And the church is going to grow and grow and grow and grow and grow. But everybody that comes in here is going to be doing what we just learned today. My pastor, I'm coming to church. All right, what time is it? 8.30? Okay, church is in two hours. I better go get ready. Father, I thank you that I received from church today exactly what, whatever they've prayed about and received. I'm ready to receive it now. You walk in here on purpose, with a purpose, and you're ready to receive from service. And when you walk out, you got your message. You got what you needed as sheep. You got fed. It'd be no different if there was a physical flock of sheep and a shepherd, and they're sitting there going, yeah, I've got 20 sheep right now. These five won't eat. They're here in the flock. They kind of stand off to the side, but they won't eat anything. If they stay like that, they're going to die. I'm just saying. They're not going to last long. Fur, or whatever's going to start looking funny, and they're going to start looking shriveled, and they're going to shrivel up and die. And everybody else is going to be more food for them, and they're going to, oh, these, this, the other brand, the 15 here are really, really happy looking, and they're really healthy. Stay with the flock and get fed by the shepherd. Amen? Amen? All right, this is it right here. We're done. So if, so if we are receiving as we should from the messages that we hear in church, like I just said a second ago, and maybe correction comes from the pulpit. I just said it a second ago. Don't run away. If correction comes from the pulpit, don't run away and don't get offended. Guard your heart. Keep the word in. Keep the offense out. All Jesus wants to do in a Holy Ghost church like this is better us and better us and better us and build us up, up, up. It's almost like, it's, it's almost like you could do a year in review. December rolls around and you get your notes up from church and you go, all right. Am I the same person I was last December? I've said yes. I have. I'll be honest with you. I'm like, oh, man, that stinks. Lord, what do I do? Be merciful with me. Show me what to do. And little things like this come out. Now it's a message, which is fun. But um, my point in that is, you know, if you, we should be able to do a year in review in that sense and go, man, I'm like, you know, and the next December comes. And the next December comes. And the next December comes. We're growing and getting bigger and better and, and better in our lives. And life becomes easier and, 
You know, you can watch church testimonies from, from other places like EMIC and things. They're like, man, I started doing this and this and doing what I, we just taught today. And they're like, oh, my finances are better. Our marriage is better and all this stuff. And you're like, well, what did you guys change? What did you, did you buy a, a better house? What did you do? No, we just started receiving from service. That's the easiest thing in the world. You didn't have to work eight hours to get that. You didn't have to pay $500 fee at the door to come in for tickets and and watch someone else live out your dream on stage or something like that at a concert or whatever. You don't have to do that. It's free. Yes. Amen? 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 God has a lot in store. Jesus yes. wants to do so much. You can come up. You can come up. Jesus wants to do and accomplish so much through this church, and he's going to do it. And we're going to learn more about, I guess, part two next week with whatever Ava has in her heart. But that's exactly what's going on. There's a revival coming. People in this community need the word of God. Jasper Christian Center is going to be the church that he does it through. Yes. Amen? Amen? It's the truth. And it's already begun. Mm -hmm. Yes, amen.